Now you fucked up my rhythm by talking, Mike. It's not his fault. <laughs> well, fuck you. That's that's what you get for encouraging me, you dick. friends, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast, your bi-weekly podcast that delivers an episode-by-episode breakdown of the original G1 series. This is APDC episode 196, closing in on 200, I understand. No, pl- plan- 200 episode, plans empty. <laughs> Maybe, let's brainstorm this episode. That We are covering Carnage in C Minor, which is episode number 82 of the, of the Season 3 G1 Transformers series, broadcast October 14th, 1986. This is your host, Aaron, along with the Jose Carreras, that's Caleb, Placido Domingo, that's Ryan, and Mario Lanza, special guest Mike Seibert, uh, of course, to my Luciano Pavarotti. That's the four tenors reference. Yeah, I get yes, it. Yes. I like how you call uh, him, I like how you call him Placido. I don't know. Placebo? Placido. Placido. You know, fellas. Oh, man, you got placenta all over the place. Do you ever get tired of people asking how we all met? I never. Constantly on the street coming up to me. Let me just sum it up real quick. Have you seen the movie Almost Famous? Yes. No. All right. That movie was based on our life. Uh, the Cameron Crowe child prodigy rock journalist is me. Mike was the handsome mustachioed guitar player that cuddled with Kate Hudson. Caleb was, I don't know, uh, Francis McDormand. And Ryan, you'll like this. You're Jason Lee. I haven't seen that movie. Quick, easy. That's how you got to do it sometimes. Lock the gates. He's a Scientologist, I think. Oh, I no. think you're right. I, I, I but read that. Seems like a, a good, uh, like a nice guy. Lock the gates is uh, is Mark Maron's uh, contribution to that way movie. to pick that up. Good job. Yeah. yeah, I think that's his only line in the movie. It's other stuff, but that's what he's. That's like when he's he known starts for his own podcast. Gates. It's like lock the gates, and right. then uh, his podcast. I starts. feel like I'm out of my depth. Yeah, well, you need to get up on your Cameron Crow mythology. No, do you though? <laughs> exactly. Has he made a movie worth talking about in the last Wasn't it Home 15 Alone? years? Huh? No, that's Christopher Columbus. That's right. I'm stupid. <laughs> Who do yes. I look like? Christopher Columbo? I think we can all agree that Jerry Maguire is a perfectly serviceable movie. <laughs> that, That's funny. Actually, I was talking to West about that. She's never seen it, and I'm like, that is how I described it to her. I was like, it's not good, but it is serviceable and enjoyable and we have to watch it <laughs> i think it's a good movie i like I uh, there's a lot know. to like about jerry Maguire. Uh, there is a lot to like but it is like a movie made like if an ai made a movie that might be <laughs> it the does movie. have that vibe oh yeah yeah it, it's okay for something to be of his time also from the internet ticker Cameron crow is still currently serving a sentence in movie jail uh because his last movie was 2015's aloha Aloha. Not familiar. Not familiar with Aloha. In, in which Emma Stone plays an Asian person. Oh. That's rough. And Emma Stone didn't get put in movie jail. She's still hot shit. 
that's for sure. Welcome to the I'll show, Mike. That all day, every, every I, day. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. So, Mike Seibert, you know, I hesitate to say it, but it's been a while. <laughs> Has it? <laughs> actually, only for me, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, thanks for filling in. You played the Aaron role perfectly uh, during my hiatus. Yeah, yeah, that was that was fun times. And I seem to have I've run into this latter day pattern of where I only join you guys for bad episodes and bad episodes that feature broadside. (laughs) What a weird pattern. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. (laughs) Yeah, broadside in like three episodes and I've been on two of them. Wow. Yeah. Five faces of darkness. Are we counting broadside in that as in jet mode? No, no. Oh, I don't know if we have you for any more episodes in, in this season, Mike. I haven't called any more shots. I I, uh, I don't plan on falling asleep in this one. <laughs> yeah, so it's just yeah, just, I, I a, find that unlikely. Challenge accepted. I, well, one of, that's one of the reasons I was inspired to buy these chairs so that I would not. <laughs> it is drift his have spikes in this seat. Oh, oh god! Extra I, long one. Not in the to anus. not to be too inside baseball, but these chairs are so much better than the couch in this in this table. Oh, this is so. What a gr- good job, Caleb. Thank you. Caleb so is, you've, you've constructed a new moon base? Is that is that what's yes. going on here? Same space. We've, we've done some uh, capital investment to the current moon base. It's yes. true. Okay. And it's tax right. <laughs> yeah, so much tax legislation that may or may not make it to it the It is fun episode. to get to... Inevitable bonus episode, I'm sure. It's fun to get to um, middle-aged white man status where you're like, <laughs> yeah. tax write-off. Yeah, just think about the deductions I'm going to yeah. get from this. Yeah. We're not trying to change the system. We're just trying to play with yeah. it fuck, to, fuck yeah. to, to fuck yeah. do our best yeah every wow. every basically i would say everybody should have an llc and figure out what you can get away with, with. <laughs> 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 because fuck the government are you, uh, are you down with llc yeah you know me yeah. <laughs> it relies on me second second Bite reference the apple. to naughty by nature <laughs> Well, uh, well and, technically the first because I did, we hadn't started the show yet. Uh, yeah. Well, peek so, behind the curtain. Now I know what needs to go up top. Um, <laughs> so what is new? This is off to a good start. What is new in the Mike Cyber Radio Extravaganza? Well, I I'm glad you asked. Uh, I I guess up top, uh, headline news more than anything. I uh, I done launched another podcast. I don't. We don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about your Lambro <laughs> collection. Okay, that's no, fine. I'm just jo- yeah, no, I'm I, just kidding. I'm just joking. The, the, yeah, what I, I, what the I, hell? I is... spent three I spent three hours on a live stream talking about them Lambros. <laughs> I, I could talk about them side swipes as much as the day is long. Do you know there's twelve different recolors and toolings of that of that same mold? And I have them all. The the differences are subtle, but many. <laughs> okay, well that's uh, I tell, guess we've covered it. Tell Let's... us about the new show, Mike. Yeah. Okay. So this actually has roots in APDC lore. Um, it's uh, three to four years in the in the uh, tinkering and planning and teasing, but finally available for your subscriptions is Two Mike's Two Furious Animated Transformers, where me and the other Mike, Michael Andrews. Uh, are doing a watch-through podcast very similar to what you guys are doing, but we're talking about 2007 to 2009's Transformers Animated. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, so it sounds like you're the competition now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, we're doing let that me, too. Let me bring up some online. Yeah, no, we don't have. We don't have, we don't have to go into that. I'm talking no, about. No, I'm just. Baseball. I'm just. I'm just subtweeting and having fun with it. I can. I consider that, it that part guy. Of that had... fam- I consider this part of the fa- the APDC family. Oh, yeah. yeah. With... Well, even in the episode, we, we, we talked a little bit about the origins of the show and, uh, you know, acknowledged that Two Mike's Too Furious is kind of like a weird spiritual spinoff of APDC, even though none of you guys are involved. Uh, basically, like it was like in, I don't know, June, July 2019. And I forget which episode it was, but you guys had um, some kind of legislation where like the APDC family was was growing at an exponential rate and there were just too many mics mm-hmm. in the uh, in the uh, in the staple there and it was decided by you guys at that time that one of the mics got to go <laughs> so so i proposed in a very joker dark knight turn that we would have snap tryouts uh to figure out who the dominant mic would be but then undeterred michael andrews came up with an even better idea he's mm-hmm. like we should just do our own podcast mm-hmm. and um and and from there that's kind of where the two mics too furious infamous name came from because i'm terrible at naming things and it just i like the sound of it because i think too fast too furious is one of the most obnoxiously brilliant absolutely uh, it, it's it's sublime in in its uh, simplicity and uh, nonsensical uh, nature as well. It's it's delightfully daffy, I mm-hmm, guess. Mm-hmm. I, so I've always liked that naming convention. I, I tried to convince him to uh, title his uh, second book in the Coming of Mage saga. I call it Two Mage, Two Furious. He <laughs> called it A War for the Mages instead. I think Two Mage, Two Furious would have been better. <laughs> and at that time, he's like, you know what? I'm going to save that for later for another uh, project. So it, it's something we had been talking about on and off for the last several years, but then it almost became a COVID project. Like um, he was doing a lot of working from home. I was doing a lot of working from work, but I was kind of like in a creative funk, you know, it's like, so like, um, while everyone else was learning how to make sourdough bread and doing home improvements, my day to day never really changed except for there's nobody in the office. You're an essential worker. You're an essential worker. Exactly. (laughs) I I had a letter from the department of defense just in case, like, I don't, I don't know. It's so weird to think about what early 2020 was like. I have that letter. I have, I have, I still just for fun. I have it tri-folded uh, up in my uh, visor of my vehicle because they said I printed it out it's got the it had the president of my company's signature on it and it was yep. it was like that that first 90 days and it was like in case you get pulled over by law enforcement <laughs> yes. you can produce this letter so that you can continue on with your business and I yeah. still have it in there just because it's now it's like you know it hasn't been that long ago but it's like this is such a weird artifact to have mm-hmm. and i and i still just it's keep like they it were in preparing there. for the authoritarian yeah, shutdown yeah. of everything yeah, like, so <laughs> it is an interesting thing as well. like an interesting thing to try to explain to your grandchildren of like 
this is what it was like in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah why is yeah. Why is Grandpa use hand sanitizer so much? Don't worry about it. He, he was there for 2020. Um, but anyway, so like I, I found myself in a little bit of a creative funk with Mike Seibert Radio, and I wanted to do something different. I hit I hit up my dude Michael Andrews, who had I think had recently been a guest on my show at some point. We, you know, talked about uh, you know the, the Michael Bay movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked talked a lot about that, um, but I I don't remember which one of us came up with it. In fact. I, I think to get the straight poop, you'd have to have us both on together to kind of tell both sides of our story. But but more or less, like it was like, well, why don't we do an APDC style watch through of Transformers Animated? Because for me, as I've met more folks in the fandom over the last three, four years, um, the one thing that folks have told me more than anything is watch Transformers Animated because of the amount of Easter eggs and references. There mm-hmm. is stuff for you, Mike Seibert, super fan of Transformers the movie. There, There's more connective tissue and references and Easter eggs than, than you would expect. And um, so I've always been meaning to give it a day in court, but instead of just, you know, like a normal person sitting down and watching it, when you're a podcaster, everything is everything is content everything is content so it's like well how do i make this content so it was kind of those converging philosophies that was like okay well fine so i could do it as a podcast why don't i do it with transformers animated super fan michael andrews i so i listened to most i've listened about half of the first episode that came out um yesterday and really enjoying it and the, so what I can pick up on it is, uh, you know, Michael's a super fan. You are you, you are watching it as you go through it. Correct. Is, yep. So um, for the first time. Correct. Yes. Um, so, and so I'm I'm glad that you're transparent about that. And also, it's really fun to because I'm on your side of it. Like I haven't mm-hmm. watched the ep- the show and it's really cool to hear somebody. Uh, that haven't seen it, experience it for the first time. Also, I do find it interesting how Michael is trying to not reveal too much during yeah. the episode to allow for you to have those surprises on on the recording so um yeah i'm enjoying it very much this and will so, be like how when we get to beast wars yeah yeah it, it really yeah, will be yeah so how are you so you guys have one episode out this is this has been recorded obviously technically two right because the um, halloween thing well yes yeah, i should so- say this is the first official two mics two furious there were some two mics, two furious uh, collabs in the past, but as far as this new uh, c- incarnation of it, you guys, how often are you putting out episodes, and um, where can they catch those episodes? Okay, a um, couple things. One, since Aaron mentioned it, we we did a a soft pilot uh, back around uh, Halloween time because really, once upon a time when we were trying to figure out when we were going to launch this thing, it was always to coincide with doing the Halloween episode of TFA around Halloween time. Um, if you happen to have heard that episode on my feed, uh, Michael Andrews talks a lot about how the Halloween season is his favorite. And this particular Halloween episode of Transformers Animated, which we believe is the only Halloween related Transformers anything. Mm-hmm. The, it, w- it was really important for him to want to do that episode around Halloween time. So 
we got to a point where it's like, well, well, shit, we know we want to do two mics, too furious, but uh, looking at the time, there's not enough time to do nine episodes. It's episode nine Mm -hmm. of uh, season one of TFA. So it's like, we kind of missed the window. So it's like the only way for that to go uh, to line up again would be to wait until next year. And that wasn't something either of us was interested in. So I said, tell you what, let's just do a episode on that episode and just, and just put it out that that will give us the opportunity to kind of feel each other out as, as a co-host to, feel how that how that goes for us and then that will kind of also help us uh visualize how we want the shows to go when we actually do two mics too furious for real um so we did that so that's available on the mike cybert radio podcast feed so what we're going to do is that that's not two mics too furious canon so what's going to happen is now that we're starting from episode one when we get to episode nine, very similar to when you guys covered Dark Awakening, um, we're just going to do it again and mm-hmm. do a another okay. uh, a, a redo episode of that. Because by then, I will have seen the other eight episodes leading up to it. Interesting. So I, I would imagine that my perspective will be different. Yeah. Um, I should also note here that Two Mics, Two Furious does exist as a separate podcast feed. <clears throat> so you'll have to subscribe separately and we're kind of like in a weird spot with like tape delay currently it's available on youtube and spotify um as of this recording it's not on apple podcasts yet but by the time this episode drops it should it it takes a it takes a how are you so this this is more this is more like just interesting for us because we don't have anything on youtube right now you guys are putting that so what you you guys are actually putting out your your audio uh episodes on youtube we need to do that yeah, I looked into it like Mike. This is uh, I'll probably cut all this right, out. Right? Yeah. I was gonna say good luck trying to on ramp this back on because we're 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 knuckle deep. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I got it. I got I got a good transition. Okay. Hey, uh, TFCon LA and Orlando are upon us. Do we have any? I know it's a ways out for well one of those, and the other's a little closer in. Do we have any plans? What are we doing? I'm going to Orlando probably. Me too. To West and I'll probably yeah. almost certainly go to Orlando. Yes, Mike Seibert of Mike Seibert Radio. Uh, what, uh, anything uh, you want to either of these? I I am on the fence about L.A. By the time this episode drops, when like the uh, hotel window closes, uh, I'm I'm using that as a deadline uh, for uh, making a decision. But I think I'm gonna sit this one out. I've I've been to I went last year, and and really. Guest wise, there there really isn't anything that's grabbing my attention. There's there's a lot of terrific <clears throat> guests, but nobody really for me. Are you uh, talking nobody... about L.A.? Yes. Okay. I don't okay. even know who's on the guest list either. That, it yet. is it is like I mean that's not a short that's a short flight for you. Like to Orlando would be a cra- like that's across the country. Right. Well, and so that's the thing. It's like so. I don't know if it's an either or situation, but I I'm really pushing my chips in or on Orlando. I I'm really oh, you looking are. to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and if it means not going to LA, I think I would gladly make that choice. Mm-hmm. 
we might be doing uh i i don't know we we might do like disney or something yeah. like that before then I yeah mean, epcot i was thinking of going west i was thinking of dra- like west has never been to um disney world oh yeah like mm, it's great we should go <laughs> yeah i know it's it's fantastic i remember going to epcot as a kid and it was like that i actually saw the captain eo show yeah. in, in in epcot whenever it was I think that was eighty. I think that was this year. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. it's eighty six. Yeah, it's yeah. it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. So I'm yeah. I, I'm going to go to Orlando, and it'll probably be a family mm-hmm. family affair because oh, that, we could all go to to Disney World together. We could. Yeah, be a good time. I love Epcot. Me too. Ep- Epcot's pretty cool. Epcot's got the good food and drinks. Primarily, yeah, I mean mine. that's that's yeah. <clears throat> that's drinking every country, guys. Yeah, yeah. Emphasis on drink. Should do that. Actually, I think drinking around the world sounds like a fun event. <laughs> we'll bring the Zoom. <laughs> we'll bring the Zoom. Maybe we'll broadcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe we'll finally have a bro- we'll broadcast from there. Unlikely. Uh, so because <laughs> yes. I mean you, we're we're like you're 0 right. for four. You're like, right. Yes. No, you're right. I always you're bring the so zoom. Right. We never use you're it. You're so right. Yeah, Mike. yeah. Me too. I mean, I I bring my field recorder and and my mics and all that stuff. Yeah, I never use it. I meant to apologize because you were in a hot and heavy recording session. I had to leave early from TFCon Chicago this year, and I was wanting to say goodbye to you. I never got a chance to you say goodbye. You were up in the VIP oh. section. Yeah, you the, all were. You all had a thing going the on. Transmissions. That was. Yeah, I, yeah. I, my, I thought about it later. That was the room where we were trying to psych ourselves up before we went on that Sunday, and Caleb informed me that I smelled like shit. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't remember that. And I got really self-conscious and went upstairs this. to my room and brushed my teeth four times and you know we've been drinking and smoking and stuff like the whole weekend and so was this year that i said that no 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 it was uh previous uh, the first time we were Uh, in chicago oh so i would just flash back to that little side room but anyway you guys and i thought i could like be really silly and interrupt you guys to say goodbye Uh, but you guys were definitely like i got the vibe of the room and i was like oh i'm intruding definitely (laughs) okay bye bye uh but uh so bye it was nice seeing you in in chicago yeah what's well and and i felt really bad too because like i saw you out of the corner of my eye but i didn't realize the gravity of what was going on and then you texted me later i'm like oh shit because like i i haven't seen or chatted with you since and that that was fucking Mm -hmm. october times yeah I guess I just thought four guys in the side in a side space of a hotel was free game to. Why would to you think that? <laughs> yeah, what what with the microphones and cameras and yeah. all that stuff? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I mean, we're basically making a porno. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and but I, while we're talking about cons, any discourse you'd like to put out there about Cybefest Northwest? Yes. Uh, so Cybefest Northwest is the unofficial Transformers convention in the Pacific Northwest by the fans for the fans. We are returning for our gasp tenth year. Wow! And uh, and I say R as in the the royal hour uh, because I am part of the um, organization team after a handful of years of uh, helping support through promotion and podcasts and being a guest and all that. Um, it was like, why aren't you part of the organization staff? And I'm like, I don't know. You tell me it's your convention. And then it's like, well, would you like to be? I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I I'm in their discord and I'm just, uh, you know, I, we, we have, monthly meetings to kind of go over stuff and it's uh 
it gives me a lot of icon online vibes because like that that was that was like a year worth of planning as well so it's uh um it, it's a it's a shoe that fits me well but uh but we're we're really excited for for this year's uh show because it's our 10th year we're working on a bunch of cool stuff none of which i can talk about mm. uh but it's um it's going to be rad uh registration is open now for uh vendors um attendees and artists so if you want if you're in the pacific northwest area and if like you're a fan artist or if you're a a toy vendor or uh, somebody that wants to table um that registration is available and open now and um if you want to be an attendee mm-hmm. that registration is open now what i are have the dates a- of the con I'm glad that you asked. No, uh, no. Sidefest 2023 is July 8th, 2023 from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Kent Commons Community Center in lovely Kent, Washington, which is about uh, 20 miles south of Seattle. Nice. Awesome. And then as far as the regular show goes, you've got you've had some Transformers content with Earthspark, Amber the Fangirl, Patriot Prime. Uh, What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I mean that—that's you, you nailed it. I—I've spent perfect. I, I well, I've spent basically half a month worth of content with Patriot Prime. Um, he's a really good dude. YouTube reviewer does a lot of uh, reviews of upgrade kits and toy hack sticker sets, um, as well as uh, recent toy reviews. But we uh we got on really well. Um, he we did a live stream on my show back on Friday the thirteenth. Uh, so we did discuss a little bit of the Venn diagram of Friday the 13th fans and Transformers fans, which mm-hmm. um, there, there's an increasing number of Transformers fans I know that are also Friday the 13th fans. One of them may be in this very room, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which which will actually kind of come up. We need in to the, do that show. The, I know. I know. And I feel so bad, Ryan. We we uh, when we were in Chicago. Um, we had it kind of set up and then like, I got back to work and shit just hit the fan and I, I just, I had no, oh, time no, no worries, so, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to do it, um, at some time for sure. So, but anyway, so I'm talking to uh, Patriot prime, his name is Jason and he was born on a Friday the 13th, not that Friday the 13th, but a, a, a 13th that was on a Friday. Um, so we talked about that. Um, uh, it was a terrific interview. And then a couple weeks later, we flipped the tables around and I was a guest on his show. We did a live stream uh, on his show that he calls the sit rep, where basically it's a uh, interview style show where he asked me a handful of open-ended interview questions. Uh, he, he gives away some, some toy hack sticker sets and that was a really fun experience because I can't think of a time where I was a guest on a, a live YouTube show with someone who has a significant audience. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's got like, I don't know, like 15,000 YouTube subscribers or some such like that. Mm-hmm. But um, but like so like the chat was hopping to the point where it was actually kind of distracting right um it it, it's it's just like you know when you're watching like those hasbro fan streams where it's just like a wall of chat Mm -hmm. um it was kind of like that um but it was it was it was cool to have the opportunity to 
bring the gospel of Mike Seibert radio to a different audience. Yeah. Um, I, I picked up uh, a, a good handful of subscribers from that live stream. So, um, so, I, so I'm grateful for the opportunity, but yeah, he, he's, he's a fun dude and really kind of the, the thesis of the content that I did with him is kind of don't judge a book by its cover. You know, it's like I, I had uh, some knucklehead on my my Facebook when I was promoting it saying, huh, Patriot Prime was that some kind of robot Alex Jones or something. So we, we kind of talked about, you know, somebody who wears their their both their their fandom and their patriotism literally on their sleeve. He's he's got a giant tattoo of Optimus Prime waving a, an American flag. Um, so we kind of talked about like some of the the obstacles and challenges that that putting that on front street has uh has mm -hmm. made for him uh, especially in uh, uh times like these but you know more or less it was friendship through talking about robots and when friendship is magic and you're celebrating uh friendship and transforming robots everything else just kind of disappears so but cool. anyway that's that that was that was a cool one and then uh we did uh like you had said aaron we covered uh, the first season of transformers earth spark which incidentally season two starts on like march 2nd or something like that so real soon but we covered the first 10 episodes and that that was that was a huge gang um uh it was uh it was me and michael andrews of two mics too furious uh we also had um a couple of uh my friends from the icon online days we had uh, uh la 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 lita and Chally and uh, um, General Techno and uh, and our good buddy Joe Bot, um, who I've done shows with uh, with him and Michael Andrews before as well. So so it was basically the Brady Bunch talking about how this show that's very much geared for children. Once you start diving into it, is kind of for everybody. There's there's a little bit of something for everybody. The lore is surprisingly deep for a children's show and it's uh it's surprisingly complex it, it it's really good all ages entertainment in that like the forward thrust is to appeal to children but when you start peeling back the layers of some of the the concepts and the character interactions and the situations there's there's stuff there for fans let mm -hmm. me just uh you know Holy what shit, a what a yeah. great opportunity for a transition uh you know Caleb every now and again likes to contribute a, a period. What? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and today he's brought forth a fun little game that I think is along with some of the themes of the episode. Caleb, what what, what do you got? So I was inspired to do a trivia. After watching Carnage and C Minor, there was a, which is probably one of the most irritating episodes i've yep. ever watched certainly infamous maybe um, not irritating but, but uh... <laughs> the there is an element of opera in it so i thought hey i think i'm gonna try to do a a a, a quiz about a, about Let's do opera. a game so i put one together and i do you have a name for this game I, you know what? unfortunately i did not come up with a name i did not uh, think to do that uh, in my haste so there is no name for this. Opera is or opera ain't. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I unfortunately I didn't okay. think of that. Yeah, okay. but, is this opera? <laughs> question yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, that's a real good. Is one. this music too? T O O question yeah. mark. <laughs> These are all good. 
all good. Take <laughs> take take one good. of those and use it. No, that they, they they aren't. So get <laughs> your pens and papers handy. Oh shit! I do have uh, a quiz here, simply called Opera Trivia. Um, okay. Sorry, <laughs> but let's get going on it. We call this segment trivia segment. And we call this, you know, because the, the as we will see, the, the characters in the show are kind of doing opera in a weird fucking way. So I have more on that when we yeah. get to it. Um, so here we go. Opera is a form of theater in which, oh, let me just preface this. For those of you that have not heard me do trivia before, I have a lot of exposition, and then I ask questions. Yep. So buckle There's a lot up top, and then the question comes. Buckle, buckle up. Be ready. Buckle up, buttercup. Play at home. Opera is a form of theater in which music is a fundamental component and dramatic roles are taken by singers. Such a, quote, work, unquote, which is the literal translation of the Italian word opera, it's typically a collaboration between a composer and a librettist and incorporates a number of the performing arts, such as acting, scenery, costume, and sometimes dance or ballet. The performance is typically given in an opera house, accompanied by an orchestra or smaller musical ensemble, which since the early 19th century has been led by a conductor. Although musical theater is closely related to opera, the two are considered to be distinct from one another. A key part of the Western classical music tradition, get it? A key part? <laughs> There's going to be a lot oh of that in this episode. Opera originated in Italy at the end of the 16th century and soon spread through the rest of Europe. Although Carnage in C minor evokes opera, actually, the vocal delivery that the singer uses is a style in which a singer is allowed to adopt the rhythms and cadence of ordinary speech and is defined as A, monotona, B, recitativo, or C, wheelieissimo. Can you read all that again? All of it? No, no, no. No, From the no top? not all of it. No. Just the question. Although Carnage in C minor evokes opera, actually the vocal delivery that the singers use is a style in which a singer is allowed to adopt the rhythms and cadence of ordinary speech and is defined as A, monotona, B, recitativo, or C, wheelieissimo. Okay. We're just going to do... How many questions 50, are 50 there? Chance. There's four. Okay. Only four. And I think I'm going to start with Mike. Mike, A, B, or C, monotona, <clears throat> recitativo, or wheelieissimo? I'm going to go with B. B recitativo Ryan. I went with A. He went with monotone. B. B. The correct answer is in fact B recitativo. <sighs> recitativo does not repeat lines as formally composed songs do. It resembles sung ordinary speech more than a formal musical composition. I can't decide. Bone, 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 bone. Tell me what you're gonna do when there ain't nowhere to hide. Interesting. I wonder. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't wonder. I can't. <laughs> I can't decide if ha- if not having Wheelie in this episode is- was a missed opportunity for making me uh. jump out a window. Am I right? <laughs> hey Caleb wrote that joke down. <laughs> and I-, I just liked it. They just read it in the in monotona. Yes. I can talk and quiz at length about opera history here and almost presented a quiz about Castrato, which Jesus. was... It was, is a type of classical male singing voice equivalent to that of a soprano, mezzo-soprano, or contralto produced by castration of the singer before puberty, 
But it turned out to be a real buzzkill. So I went in a different direction and turned my focus to what is almost certainly the introduction that most of our listeners had to opera, and that, of course, was the viewing of the opera-themed Warner Brothers' Mary Melody's cartoon shorts starting Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. In just under 10 years, animation director Chuck Jones, who is worth researching, dedicated three animated shorts to his love of opera, The Long-Haired Hare, The Rabbit of Seville, and What's Opera Doc?, these also turned out to be three of his best-known cartoons, two of which were deemed by the Library of Congress to be culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant and selected for introduction into the National Film Registry. The first in this trilogy, 1949's The Long-Haired Hair, features mm-hmm. music from Rossini's The Barber of Seville and Donizetti's Lucia de Lammermoor, to name a few. The plot revolves around Bugs seeking revenge through a series of on-stage pranks towards an opera singer who was distracted by Bugs playing folk music on a banjo, to which the singer smashes the banjo and physically abuses the rabbit. What is the character name of that opera singer? Is it A, Leonardo Larry, B, Mussolini Max, or C, Giovanni Jones? What year? Mm. 1949. Uh, Anybody need me to repeat anything? I don't feel like it even matters <laughs> so mike what did you guess i went with c c giovanni jones ryan b b mussolini max aaron b, b. mussolini max the correct answer is in fact c giovanni jones mm-hmm. yeah the cartoon oh, oh go it ahead sounds mike. like a made-up name yeah i was gonna say well, well they and, did and make it up <laughs> I mean, well, it is all right specific. all names are made up but it sounds like a specific spe- whatever continue <laughs> The cartoon establishes a struggle between classical music and popular music. Giovanni acts as if he is protecting the world of good music from the ignorant masses which Bugs represents. The second in the trilogy, 1950's Rabbit of Seville, is a short pace predominantly around, again, the overture of Rossini's Barber of Seville. In this plot line, Bugs Bunny is chased by Elmer Fudd into the stage door of the Hollywood Bowl whereupon Bugs tricks Elmer into going on stage and participating in a breakneck operatic production of their chase, punctuated with gags and accompanied by the musical arrangements. One, particularly, one particular gag features Bugs dressed as a Spanish temptress singing, What would you want with a wabbit? Can't you see that I'm much sweeter? I'm your little senorita. This is not the first and certainly not the last time we encounter Bugs Bunny and Drag. According to Karen Ann Taylor's website, Bugs Bunny and Drag, how many times has Bugs Bunny appeared in ladies' garb or cross-dressed? Is it A, at least 10, B, at least 40, or C, at least 80? Shit. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep it conservative and go with A. A, at least 10, Ryan. B, B. 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 The correct answer is B, at least 40 times. <laughs> God and, damn. and as Mike has Fuck pointed it. out, uh, I rewatched these last night uh, after writing this, and I, I knew that Bugs Bunny was in drag in two of them. I did not realize he was in drag in all three of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen The Rabbit of Seville, see it. The cartoon is impressively and intensely synchronized, whereby every bit of slapstick action, many movement by many movement, links to the accompanying Rossini score. In Seville, Chuck Jones was really hearkening back to an older Warner Brothers legacy. Uh, Director Fritz Freeling's Rhapsody in Rivets and Pigs in a Polka from the early 40s. Perhaps 
the two most insistently, quote, Mickey Mouse, unquote, perfectly synced musical cartoons ever made. The third in the trilogy is 1957's What's Opera Doc? It has been widely praised by many in the animation industry as the greatest animated cartoon that Warner Brothers ever released. The story features Elmer chasing bugs to a parody of 19th century classical composer Richard Wagner's operas. It required about six times as much work and expense as any of the other six-minute cartoon shorts that Chuck Jones' production unit was turning out at the time. During the six minutes of What's Opera Doc, Jones lampoons the contemporary style of ballet, Wagner's perceived ponderous operatic style, the, the by-then cliched bugs in Elmer's formula, and also lampooned what animated film? Is it A, Disney's Fantasia, B, Disney's Sleeping Beauty, or C, Hollis and Bachelor's Animal Farm? What year? Uh, this came out in 1957. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, yes, I was smart enough to put pick cartoons that came out before or around 1957. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I wasn't going to say, like, uh, Aristocats or, uh, you know, Mer Little Mermaid or something like that. Is it A, Disney's Fantasia, B, D's, uh, Disney's Sleeping Beauty, or C, Hollis and Bat Bachelor's animated version of Animal Farm? Mike. Wow. Oh, man. Th th this is a hard one. I I'm going to go with A. A, Ryan. Same. A. B. The correct answer is right. obviously A's Disney's Fantasia. Okay, yeah, all right. Sense. It was one of those things where it's like it was almost like so obvious to yeah. where it's like no, th Same. this is a yeah. poor, I will say that Sleeping Beauty Red Herring. I will say that Disney's Sleeping Beauty does lean heavy into this same aesthetic style. Um, unlike totally. the Rabbit of Seville's straightforward backgrounds, what's opera Doc relies stylistically on a more removed high-concept graphic sense and the shock effect of expressionistic set design. Various operatic performers and stage crews have cited how watching What's Opera Doc affected them personally as children and in wow. some cases contributed to the early development of their theatrical careers. Interesting. I believe, personally, that it is the high watermark of Mary Melodies and opera in general. <laughs> And that was wow. opera trivia. So uh, let's go around. Uh, out of four questions, Mike, how many did you get right? I got three of four. Three of four. Damn, right. two. Two of four. That makes Mike the winner. And you got Aaron. Two. Two of four. Mike, you Hell are the yeah. winner. Three out of four. Thank you for playing on our opera trivia. And I will say, uh, if anybody hasn't seen those or hasn't seen them since they were a kid, go back and watch them. They're uh, the Barbara, the Rabbit of Seville is is fucking hilarious mm -hmm. it's really funny it's a good one they're, they're terrific yeah there a lot of figaro action in that. yeah yeah and uh oh, yeah, and, yeah. and what's opera doc is actually like moving in a strange like it's moving in a strange way yeah it's really good i got 12 minutes let's watch them right now no okay ryan what do we got <laughs> hey y'all <laughs> we have a bias a drink cocktail here from big king bockelman uh, he bought us a drink, but in a new wrinkle for us, he said it was dealer's choice. Oh, shit. Well, so I pick. Why do you sound like that? Oh, no. It's uh, oh, just thanks for buying us shit. a drink. Kind of like a, oh, shit. Thanks for buying us whatever Ryan wanted. So I picked a classic cocktail we haven't had on the show yet, um, and I hope he liked my choice. Today, this is a fucking hot mess of an episode, so I chose a hot mess of a cocktail. The Long Island iced tea. Ooh. Oh, shit. Is there more of that where this came from? Nope. Wow. 
you all know this frat brother boy. in Christ. I mean, we're we're already off to a good start. Yeah, how's, a, how's, a very, how's this gonna go down? A very, I don't think I've had this since I was in my twenties. It's a very frat boy drink. It's all your standard white liquors with a citrus mixer, basically. Um, it strikes me as very seventies and eighties, so that's pretty much why I put it. Uh, why I put it in here? I dialed back the booze amounts a little bit because. Heavy. I mean, it's usually three quarters of an ounce for everything. I don't so, know why you did that, but I'm just saying. I mean, I was, I'm drinking. I drink. Do you want to mumble some more, or can I continue? Please go on. <laughs> so we have a half ounce, thirty mils of vodka, half ounce white rum, half ounce silver tequila, half ounce gin, half ounce triple sec. Three-quarter ounce or 45 mils of simple syrup, three-quarter ounce lemon juice and cola. Shake all the ingredients but the soda with ice and pour into a Collins glass over fresh ice, top with cola, and slide your goddamn straw down in there to mix it to look like an iced tea. Garnish with a lemon wedge. What else is there to say about it? It's its own thing. <laughs> okay, cheers. Here we go. Um, hey, I love it, Ryan. It's refreshing. I don't. Sorry, I'm stealing that from Caleb. I apologize, Caleb. How do you feel about it? Yeah, it's refreshing. It is like a drink that shouldn't work, but kind of does. But then again, all I taste is tequila. Yeah, I could see myself getting loaded by a pool. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Yeah. Or at a Billy Joel concert. <laughs> 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 yeah, play piano, man. That's basically... That's you as an old man? That's me drinking a bunch of these. Why do you have a man? I'm yelling at myself to play it. Well, he's so old, he probably plays it three times in every concert anyway, so... Caleb has the distinction of uh, being in... Well, actually, did did you guys make the Guinness Book of World Records? We did. I mean, I don't know if that happened or not. Caleb is a Guinness Book of World Record holder. Thanks to your dad. Possibly. But I think, actually, maybe it got disqualified for some reason. I don't know. It was weird. What are you talking about? Yeah, this is so inside. I don't know why we're talking about this on You said Billy Joel. It's music adjacent. It's a music adjacent. Thank you, Aaron's Aaron's biological father uh, invited me to help participate in setting the world's record for the most people playing the piano man at the same time. Okay. And so so they did. We did. Uh, and it was in, they they like set out all these keyboards that were donated by some kind of music company, and uh, we did it. And um, I don't know what I don't know if it got in the books or not. I, I it's, that's been like twenty years. What uh, a great story! Years ago, I, that is a good story. It's not because he doesn't know. <laughs> it, it would be better if he knew, but. I I did a thing. It was it funny. might have occurred. I remember it there might was have some, mattered. I don't know. There was some people there. There were some kids there that were like my age that were real snobby that were taking it way more seriously than they should have. They were like had their sheet music and they're like, um, like I tried talking to them. They're like, I've got to concentrate on playing the piano man right now, which is just like <laughs> bonk 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 bonk. It's like a polka. It's like you guys, you guys rehearsed for this. So thank you, big kid, for no. buying us a drink. If you'd like to buy us a drink, go to PayPal and pay us five doll hairs at Apoddcast on PayPal. Tell me what you want me to make, and I will make it on that sh- on this on that show on this show. Whatever, do it. I don't care. Speaking of <laughs> people, gifts, like it. The, the, well, I like it. I do too because I like money. <laughs> and I like making and fun drink. things. We have some fun. 
some more fun uh, buy us a drink episodes coming up. Speaking of the generosity of our patrons, we have two new patrons to add to the show. Bullshit. And so let me get to that. Uh, first of all, this is a quick one, and the reason why it's quick is because our new patron will henceforth be known as the unknown patron, patron, patron. They want no shout out. They prefer to remain anonymous. However, we have to credit them because they've proposed an interesting new money-making confidence scheme for us to consider. Yeah. Uh, a flim-flam, <clears throat> a double deal. This new grift is something that we are branding if we decide to do it. Joe for dough. Joe for oh, dough. Yes. Mm-hmm. For the tiny fee of TBD, we may review the G.I. Joe episode of your choosing. I thought we determined the fee. Well, in this circumstance, a fee was offered, and I'm assuming we would take it for yeah. what was put out there. But okay. but uh, maybe we set our own fee going forward. All right, so, and then whatever that fee is is what we should so insert th- into this dialogue. This, this, new, pa- this new patron is, is basically s- saying, here's money on the table. Uh, I will Do pay Joe episode. I will pay you this much money per. They're willing to commit to two already per yep. Joe episode. Yep. So, uh, for a fee, yes, we will do a GI Joe episode. It's called Doe for Joe. Okay. Or Joe for Doe. Which is it? Does it matter? What? Did I, what? Yeah. Joe uh, for Doe. All right. Well, Doe more, for Joe. more to come on this Joe for Doe uh, legislature. Um, I will no, say let's that litigate, let's litigate this now because <laughs> now I'm confused. Uh, so is it like just this dude is proposing a single episode commission thing? Yes. Yeah, yes. he said he's oh. going to he said he'll pay us dollars oh. an episode to do two Joe episodes. But we've gone one <laughs> step further and said, hey, if anybody. <laughs> yeah, we've gone one step further. If anybody wants to pay us to do a gi joe episode we will gladly accept or maybe any episode of <laughs> anything any, yeah pay us to do anything for that matter that's a, <laughs> and we'll probably do it uh i'm but, looking forward to our next special blow uh, for dough yeah. <laughs> i like money yeah but for this one we're going to start a I, segment. Can, like, I can tell that mike Seibert is, is disgusted. He's not even he's not even looking at us in the camera. He's like looking out the window. You guys are whores. I'm so so comfortable yeah. with being a whore. Yeah, he's looking out the window. He's imagining himself being no eye somewhere contact. else right now. I I'm, I'm just I'm waiting for the monorail to come so I could just hurl myself yeah, in front of yeah. Anyway, that's what's up. We got a new. We got a. We got a. Well, we don't. I, we haven't worked out the details, but uh, I appreciate the suggestion. I think it is a good idea. We're definitely going to do from it. a. Uh, yeah. Right, right, sure. right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not disclosing the fee that he put sure. up because we, you know, maybe we want to knock it up twenty five bucks. <laughs> Make it really worth Make their while. Even. Anyway, thank you to the unknown patron for the idea, and thank you for your patronage and and joining the community. Next up, we have Argonus Prime, a.k.a. Garrett Powell. Our next new patron is a bit more forthcoming with their personal information as they uh, they go by the handle of Argonus Prime online. They are into Huskies and cars. In fact, Aww. he fixes them, paints them up. The cars, not the Huskies, <laughs> uh, and, and modifies them. <laughs> the cars, not the Huskies. <laughs> right. 
He is also into uh, the radio-controlled variety of cars, of which he has several interesting varieties, including Bayverse Universe Optimus Prime and a Jurassic Park Jeep. He is a former five-star reviewer on uh, Apple Podcasts. He has love for TF Armada, as that was the series that snagged them in their childhood. And uh, uh, most of his collection is from that universe, along with some uh, masterpieces and third-party things to round things out. You can find Garrett at GarrettPowell underscore 85 on TikTok and at GKit85 on Instagram to see his car painting work, as well as uh, he's become famous for a Knight Rider kit that he, I think he owns it, and maybe drives around town in it. He also mentioned, and would like us to shout out, a mid-Ohio convention that he is a committee member for and would like us to mention it, and it is called... Rathacon, R-A-T-H-A, Rathacon. This is a pop culture convention for people who love anything related to comics, games, TV, movies, and much more. Cool. So if you're in the Athens, Ohio area on April 1st, 2023, please see Garrett and his pals at Rathacon. $10 for adults, $7 for kids. Alpha Magnus can... I wonder how close that is. Yeah, Cleveland and Athens... Um, well, I was gonna say, didn't um, haven't these dudes like connected at another convention already? weren't Weren't there pictures in the Discord? Yes, that yeah, might have been the two true. of them. Yes, you're right. You're was it both right. of them? It's already happened. Holy shit! It has already happened. I yeah, I saw those pictures of him, and he yeah, but I didn't associate. They it with this. are they are getting together faster than we can acknowledge it (laughs) it's fucking crazy god my ego is swelling we're responsible for i wonder if anybody has gotten laid off of like uh knowing like you're taking this now you're taking this in a place i'm just saying romance sometimes romance comes from interests and listeners listeners Uh, if you've ever fucked pay us uh x amount of dollars called fuck my joe 69 dollars yeah you can check out the details of the convention at the rathacon.com again that is the the word the ratha is spelled r-a-t-h-a con you know how to do that dot com and i'd be interested in the history of the naming for that ratha is it my am I mispronouncing well, it? R A T H A. I don't know. Ratha, Ratha. Ratha. I no, apologize see, I, if I'm I, mispronouncing it. Say it out loud. It's a. It's a. Rathacon. It's a, it's a pop culture convention, right? Mm-hmm. Rathacon. Yeah. I don't get it. Star Trek. Wrath of Khan. Oh. oh <laughs> I'm glad you were here oh, to clear this up. Right. Took your dum dum pills today. Fucking Christ! What, <laughs> Mike, Mike, they put dum dum juice in them sandwiches. I'll dial it back. It's fine. No, it's okay. Thanks for continuing on. Let's shout out our patrons, everybody. We've got Alpha Magnus, Debbie, Jeremy, Skeeter, Mister Sadler, Mike Seibert, Bono, Michael Trimblett, Justin, Jonathan, Robinus Prime, Daniel V, the Sophubiest of Samurais, Chandler, J Soup, Maddie V, Nick, Ken. DFB Greg Murray, Captain Alexis, Corey, James and Julia, Mr. Michael Lordway, Tim Dubs, Jason from Cracktastic Plastic, Thomas, Justin, Triclops, Alex Simon, Squid King, New Daniel, Seven the Chronicler, The Unknown Patron, and Argonus Prime. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to join up, please peep the Patreon at patreon.com slash apod deepass. Deep <laughs> <Chopra. laughs> 
You know the drill. Booty box, Discord. Yeah, all that stuff. That's there. Yeah. Someday our, episode, our episodes are just us shilling one I, thing after another. I am f- completely comfortable with that. <laughs> I, yeah. Honestly, if someone wants to pay us to watch Jim, I would be so yeah. happy because but that show... But you like Jim. I, I think absolutely yeah. do. It's so much better than Transformers. Yeah. And if you want a dose oh, podcast, then your credit don't stink. Then when you've had a drink from bias a drink mike you mentioned you listen to your podcast on like what uh one and a half speed 1.2 no 1.5 is way too fast for me yeah um but i found that 1.2 puts a little extra pep in the step Mm -hmm. yeah um and then like caleb played the frenetic version of that madness it must have sounded like cocaine like sounded like ear cocaine yeah it was uh yeah, don't make me start a chant. Cocaine bear. Cocaine bear. <laughs> Are we talking about an episode? Today? Last episode recap. Galvatron is a fucking lunatic, is all I had to say about that. Today, we're going to get all riled up for some carnage in C minor. Brought to us by uh, Buzzard Dixon and the fine, fine people at ACOM. Ugh. Pretty sure that's not his name. Let's... I have no memory of this episode as a child. No, and I, I think really? Acom has no. achieved a whole new level of low in this. This looks like hot garbage. It's it's yeah. great. It's great. I thought it was almost like a fan, like a fan had done the like a thing. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I'm sure we're going to explore during this conversation is that. This is widely regarded as arguably the worst episode of the Transformers. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I, I still have that opinion and I, I you know, will have uh, uh, various things to say. Folks have uh, on my Twitter have been uh, comparing it to bot BOT saying like that. that saying that, like, you know, that episode is still worse. I don't know if I agree I- with that. I will say this because I, I I I went through that I followed that chat and I thought it was interesting how there was some there were some people that were like no bot is worse or there were some people that were just like saying they l- liked Carnage, they liked the story of Carnage but they thought the animation was awful. I will say that if I take bot and Carnage, they're both awful in their own special ways. Um, yeah, and and in different ways. Yes, I would agree. I I would certainly say that Carnage is I would say that bot is worse from certain aspects of how they treat people in it. It's just uh, also I, a stupid story. Yeah, I will say that Carnage <laughs> right. Oh, and this one's not. Carnage is is by far is definitely the most irritating episode that I've yeah. ever yeah. watched. It is fucking it was it's so irritating. Like if I was a parent in the 80s and that was <laughs> on TV, TV, I would say turn that shit off and go outside. I can't take it anymore. Yeah, yeah, so that's my opinion. That's why you put a TV in the kids' room. That's what my parents did. <laughs> yeah, and you, I never bothered anybody again. You turned out just fine. Yep. Uh, don't. <laughs> I turned into a shut-in. I'm sitting next to four televisions <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's not wrong. 
I think there's more. I think you're missing the one behind the table. That's a microwave. No, there's a television behind that table. That's true. Oh, no, there's five televisions and a microwave and and an old laptop. Yeah. Yeah, And, and of course, a velvet painting of a saucy. Yeah. Anyway, Ryan, yeah, you're right. Your parents made the right decision. Yep. So... Uh, so, is this the time to get? I mean, I, I mean, I guess we can yeah, hit it off top, uh, up top. I mean, I think I disagree with the tell general us consensus. You're deranged. Tell us, tell us. I think the story is unique. Yeah. I like the idea of the three characters that have to come together to solve the problems. I like that there's ten, that these kind of pe- these people are kind of the saviors of their planet, but yet there's tension between them uh or among them rather and it's, uh, ex, it's i do think i mean okay. don't get me wrong i there's a lot to hate about this I, episode but i think that the core like the guts of the episode right. on paper are solid on paper yeah i and it was i i don't i can't imagine it being executed any worse than it was right I can't <laughs> that's no, true I, 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 I a million percent agree with uh, with Caleb here because basically, like, it's and that's what people have been uh, telling me on Twitter. It's like, well, the concept is great, yeah. sure, that's fine, but it's the execution. It's all it's the, between it, it's all of it between of like it. the animation errors and the <laughs> the sounds, the the... all of it, all of it, all together. So I agree with Caleb. I, I and one of the things I wanted to bring the t- to the table is like, if you're reading this on yeah. the, on the page, yeah. it's kind of fine. Yeah. I agree with Aaron that it's conceptually good. Like this would make for a pretty good Star Trek episode. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Um, because like it is, it is a really cool uh, sci-fi concept. Mm-hmm. Um, but what makes this so bad and iconically bad is, is the execution of it. So, so I bad. think that when I say on Twitter that Carnage and C Minor is arguably one of the worst episodes and somebody comes back saying like, well, it's a great concept, that's kind of a false equivalency. It's mm-hmm. like that doesn't make it a decent episode. Well, or, I guess what I'm saying is there's arguably bad. There's things like uh, The Room that are bad in every sense that you know, at least that, it's enjoyable to watch though this is okay, not okay well, listen, well, you're let, right you're i guess you're right let's just that, be clear here that like there's one aspect of the room that's enjoyable that's, watching everything fail there's one aspect of this that's enjoyable which is it's a generally that's interesting the problem story is line. something that's terrible and then you watch it and it's like it's arguably terrible everything is terrible but it's fun to watch oh sure this is where it's like the idea is good but watching it is abysmal. Like, I, yeah, like yeah, there's I nothing enjoyable so, about watching it. I do think that that's uh, we all we all here understand that why we say arguably versus definitively. You yeah. know, so it's all subjective. But Ryan, you make a good point. Like, I can't. Like, I like watching bad Transformers episodes. You guys have mm-hmm. heard that. I revel in them. Steel City, uh, uh, other fucked up episodes. <laughs> I don't think I could sit through this one again. I was going to say, laugh. I feel like this is along that line of the room, like so bad it's fun to I, watch. I don't I know. Agree I get at how all. the like sensorially the audio is really tough to deal the with. The audio, but tough. I forgot that that was what was happening. And when it first yeah. came on, I just had this moment of oh no, and I was <laughs> yeah. laughing out I, loud at that. See happening. I love yeah. so bad, like so bad. It's good stuff, and this is not that for me. <laughs> I'm curious, like, 
what ha- like you know how did this get me <laughs> what happened i've never I, even with acom i've never seen animation quite like it's this it's pretty crazy what happened it's remarkable what happened yeah. so that i think that was the white while i was watching and i was just like i was uh, i was laughing but i was like what why the, would you do it like that what what ha- what happened yeah that this is so like that explosion scene it was like it was, well we'll yeah. get to it we're getting yeah, we'll get to it. it even all right the, so like, I'm, I'm also just trying to imagine from like a buzz dixon or not buzz dixon uh wally burr was he still around at this time yes yeah uh just yeah. how do we and maybe he wasn't responsible for the product like the the production of the the vocal quality but just i'm just picturing an engineer saying can we make that sing-songy part more annoying? Oh, <laughs> and God, then, like, yeah, yeah, dialing yeah. the annoying lever up to 11. Yeah, we, <laughs> I, I, we're all hitting all this up front. Yeah, but I, I will yeah, say right. that one thing that's hey, really, That means we'll get through it faster yeah. in the end. One thing that's really annoying to <laughs> no, me... No, we won't. Is like, I, I have... I have extensive oh, notes. Oh, God. I, I'm overclocked with too much to I, say. Right. Come back to me at the end of this, because I have, I have a theory about uh, where this story would have shown up otherwise that kind of recontextualize how how i feel about it It was something i i I landed on driving in today it's um yeah i don't know because like there's certain things going on but i I don't want to get into it now we'll uh we'll 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 come back to it um then let's pan across deep space why don't we (laughs) sure (laughs) actually start the episode yeah stare into the abyss uh we're we we stop and focus on a strange green glowing space object it feels like a glowing rock but it's also kind of covered in vines um, it's a booger well yeah space, it's a booger planet a space of, like <laughs> garbage pail kids not a bad not a bad anime not a bad illustration not a here. bad background yet yeah not okay, yet cool, cool. Uh, we'll learn that this is a comet actually yep. eventually but uh but we head to the surface of this thing and decepticons are working on some sort of arts and craft <laughs> project galva it's i don't know it's big engines i guess and yeah. galvatron demands <clears throat> that these engines be fired i swear to god whenever galvatron says we will test the engine as it shoves. I swear I thought he was going to say, up your ass. <laughs> Immediately. But uh, apparently the engine mm. is designed to shove this comet and destroy Metroplex? Which, uh, well, he's yeah, obsessed with not, Metroplex this episode. Who does not appear in this episode? <laughs> I think he does. Yeah, they he does. Make their way, they make their way there. Yeah, just, oh, it's yeah. hard to recognize him because he's drawn so badly. <laughs> and in the middle of the desert for, yeah. for no apparent reason. It's but bizarre. We'll, uh, the so animation up, is fucked. Okay, go ahead. It, it's, it is so bad. So a um, couple things for, for uh, uh, what we're going through. How many Constructicons are there? Yeah. It's 75. Yeah, I mean, and I don't, I don't necessarily mean to call out every single animation error, I know. but, this but, is but there's a lot, one. there's a lot of them I do want to call out because a lot of them are uh, really fun, especially but the canonically the... weird ones. Yes, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but right up top, you get that thing with Galvatron wanting more tests, and Soundwave being the sensible, the sensible guy that he is being the good dad says, Hey man, we need uh we need more tests. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why I said like three years ago, when you guys said that 
you were going to transition from the movie and do the individual episodes. Um, I think even before I called he- Heavy Metal War or Autobop, I was like, I want Carnage in C minor mm-hmm. uh, to be on that episode because this is the Soundwave heavy episode. It's uh, it it yeah. is a yeah. it is a bizarre Soundwave <clears throat> spotlight episode, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's got everything for me. I mean, it's got Soundwave, it's got Soundwave V Blaster round two, you know, a, mm-hmm. in their rematch from Autobop, but also. Because we're going to get to this really quick here with the animation airs. Did you know that Carnage in C minor is actually the most sexually charged episode in the series? Everyone is in love in this episode, which is kind of perfect for Valentine's Day, which this episode kind of ends up being an accidentally Valentine's Day episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I've got I have I have tons of stuff to uncork here so uh um strap in kids oh i will uh be thinking about you guys when i'm home eating oh yeah because yeah balls deep yeah you're not gonna live long enough to to hear any of this stuff the the whole sound wave trying to calm galvatron down and say that maybe we should test it first that part to me that is kind of the beginning of they're they're giving Soundwave more personality in this episode than they've actually ever Ever given given him. him yeah this is the most he's ever spoken and probably the most he ever would speak. Um, in fact, actually, after this, Soundwave kind of fades into the background. I think he shows up in Return of Optimus Prime. But outside of that, I mean, like this, this is kind of last stop for, for Soundwave in terms of having a, uh, a significant role. Would you call um, it a swan song? Caleb, do the laugh. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Please stop doing that. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Um, so, so, so Galvatron says here something to the effect of like, we need to move this ball of ice. So, what's the deal with this comet? Is it is it like it's a booger? It's a planet? It's a comet? It's it's, it's green? Ice. It's not green? Well, well comet is are, ice. Are mostly ice? Yeah. Oh shit! Check yeah, your science that's facts, what, Cyber. That's, that's what makes their t- that's what makes their tail. It's yeah, evaporation. It's put evapor- on by- yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's 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 burning off from the sun. This fu- this thing is actually you can this is vis- this green booger is visible right now in the sky. Yeah, I love it. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there is only one thing in this actual episode that I have a science issue with. Um, so once again, here we go. We see the Autobots are flying in space without. <laughs> They could fly. Ship. They fly now. They yeah. fly now. They fly That's just now. That's cannon. Uh, they fly now. Despite the fact <clears throat> we have many space vehicles, like I don't know, fucking broadside. Who's with them? Yeah, I hate it. Is yeah, we got. Though? We have mag. I'll. I'll just call it out. We've got Magnus, Blaster, Perceptor, some Grimlock. aerial bots. Uh, I all of Superior. Or did I say Superior? All of Superior is yeah. there. Broadside. We'll comically see here shortly. They know that there's some fishy activity in this Oort cloud. Did we talk about Oort clouds on another episode? Maybe. What is an Oort cloud? An Oort cloud is basically just a bun- the, the debris that's like out near Pluto. It's just yeah. the stuff that surrounds our solar system. Is that presumably where we are then in the, no. in the real universe uh, oh, in, in this, this episode? episode? Oh, yeah. I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of comets out there. They're going to attack the green ball and stop. They don't know what the Decepticons are up to, but they're they're going to stop whatever it is. So we've got laser fire. 
We've got dead Autobots that are all of a sudden alive. We have oh uh, wow, you're skipping. Uh, so many we things. have uh, Decepticons firing on their own equipment. The robot scale is just a suggestion. We don't love dwelling on animation errors, but this is ridiculous. So I'll pause, I guess, at this moment. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna say there there's way too That's much insane. to to cover. Um, so uh, one thing I wanted to come back to one. Yeah. So you see, you see Grimlock, with no faceplate. That's, that's mm-hmm. kind of whatever. But the thing that I don't understand is there's, is there like a deleted scene before the Autobots show up? Because Perceptor is, is like frantically, uh, petulantly telling Matt, see, see, there's Decepticons yeah. over there. Like I told you, like, I mean, is there some kind of like extra dialogue where Magnus like, I don't believe you, you, you hoity toity. Oh, I life. wish we would have seen that. That's what this episode needed was more scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I think we're just I, as the viewer to believe at this point that Perceptor's always freaking out about <laughs> something and nobody takes him seriously, I, I guess. The uh, the other thing too, it's like so so this episode is rotten with animation errors. We're we're going to talk about the the uh, sing songy uh, thing of the the arrhythmians and um, all of that. But Wally Burr must have been asleep at the switch because not only do you have all of that, but you also have like some like weird uh, vocal miscues. Like uh, Perceptor is saying something like you know talking about like the um, cloud. And he has like like some extra like phlegminess, or he's like oh, oh, all cloud or some shit like that. So like, I watched it with the captions on it. It said "old cloud." <laughs> so so, but we're talking like orc cloud. Is orc that what's cloud. going on? Orc, orc cloud. cloud. Okay. Very good. Asked and answered. Anyway, do you guys want to talk about Devastator being shorter than Soundwave? Soundwave? <laughs> he is. I think apparently. I think Soundwave's just very much very closer to us. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. Uh, foreshortening. Sure. Oh, I guess yeah. I don't understand art. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> My apologies. And then, and of then... course, there's the scene where you have Devastator, <laughs> and he gets put down by a giant broadside in aircraft yeah. carrier mode. Just yeah. lands on his head. This is where I was like, oh, we see Devastator again. I bet he's going to see something cool. Oh, no, he just gets flattened by broadside in aircraft carrier mode, which is stupid because, again, this this is my science. This is science corner. This is pedantic Ryan science corner where that comet does not have enough gravity for that to even matter. <laughs> like, there's right. he, he would just lightly tap him. Uh, so aside from the Looney Tunes nature of an <laughs> aircraft carrier, yeah, the size of a whale dropping on six pieces of construction equipment, and it, also yeah, the gravity just doesn't work, which means he would have turned into aircraft carrier mode, and then I guess flown just vertically around. into them, like he would have had to have some upside down thrusters. I'm looking into it too deeply. Uh, and then we have the worst fucking character model of broadside I've ever did see. Yeah, it, it's wretched, and and this is basically like a a broadside spotlight episode too. So I found on the TF wiki that basically broadside has three different right. uh, character I've models. One, it, so it's like so this one, this particular model in this episode is known as the pre-final model, um, and so yeah, so that's where he's got like you know the long red face and all the the I, I guess all of his back kibble is just. Uh, aircraft carrier air, parts. Aircraft carrier <laughs> parts because it, it that that gets really nutty um, later on. You know what? I maybe I watched this episode too many times, <laughs> but 
I, I yeah, think... you watched it. If you watched it once, you watched it too many times. That's true. That's true. And I'm such a fucking masochist. I actually watched it twice. You know, one once on Tubi, and then the other time on on uh, Hasbro Pulse, just to get the captions on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just to get the dialogue and whatever, and take a bunch of screenshots. I have like a whole goddamn Twitter thread where I, I was like up in the middle of the night taking screen grabs of this dumb episode <laughs> as I was watching it. So it, so that's that's where some of this overclocked extra uh, information comes from. But think about this. So like, you don't see broadside in that first line up with uh with the other autobot characters you see mm-hmm. you see grimlock you see superion you don't see broadside so the implication in my mind my fan theory is that the autobots were in broadside ah. as or and then they exited and then to go broadside, attack exactly either so, that or <clears throat> it, or it's a space battleship yamoto situation you're being very just, charitable it is possible because the script mm. is not available online it is possible that that like you said, Mike, is a deleted scene where maybe they are in broadside and Perceptor is like, um, I'm detecting blah, 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 blah. And, and everybody's like, you're crazy, they, Perceptor. Yeah. Now, Nerd. keep in mind, I, I'm not saying any of this in defense. I'm just putting out theories for, for my own amusement. Yeah, sure. For real. Uh, also, high five. Yeah, I, know. This I, is I so paused fucked it up. At, at Ultra Magnus and broadside hailing each other from yeah, across why is the they... way. Ultramatics and Broadside raise their hands like, I don't know, a COVID safe high five. Like it's <laughs> Demolition Man. I was going with Heil Hitler, but. Because um, that's where was, your mind always goes. It's yeah. not. Well, I, I, I was going to say it in a more uh, delicate fashion. I'm glad they raised their hands all the way up. <laughs> right. Galvatron at this point goes in cannon mode oh my and God. fires oh, on I, his own equipment. Yeah. So we did mention that, yeah, like Braun is back from the dead. Braun is back from the dead. Huffer is back, but he's miscolored. And then the Constructicon is fighting with the Autobots. Right, yeah. This is so funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This is so sexual. Telling you, dude, this is the most sexually charged episode. Look at it. He's just riding the cannon, riding the cannon. Ultra Magnus grappling with Galvatron in cannon mode. Like, he's got his legs wrapped around the cannon uh, I, and he's groaning. It's I, like, I how seen, did you animate this and not and I, think that? I haven't seen animation technique like that in this show yet where they just kind of move the cell like this and then <laughs> just jitter it. Jitter it around. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. There, There's a lot we of this. We need to capture with this the... and, and like. Um, Gif it. <laughs> yeah. Like we need to do this. Uh, put some put comes, some Barry White under it. Um, it, it's it is interesting for as awful as the animation is and how weird the character models are, how bizarre the the detailing on Ultra Magnus is. Like you could see like the back of his head, you could see like the the tires under his shoes. It's it's more detailed mm-hmm. than even in a lot of uh, Toei episodes. Almost like again. They're focusing on the wrong thing. <laughs> yes, I would prefer to just to like it. Did, I and I don't know for sure, but it feels like Acom was like, "We got to make these look like the toys." Yeah, and and that's going to come up later with like one of the more significant animation errors, one of the more uh, iconic ones. But I think a lot of the some of the scale stuff comes from toy accuracy. Mm-hmm. Or at least pre- pretending to try to do toy accuracy because, yeah, it's it's almost how the toys scale with each other. Actually, you know what? I, I would argue 
that G1 Devastator is only just a little bit taller than G1 Soundwave. Like when they're standing next to each other like that, it's it's a stretch, but Soundwave's a big dude, and and Devastator is actually kind of small. I still don't like it. They should, they, <laughs> well, they, they should know what I'm playbook they're playing should. from. I didn't say like it again. I yeah, it, you're like, trying well, to okay, rationalize that, it. I'm with you. From okay, sorry, we're moving two. on. Okay, Ryan, <laughs> we're moving on. Galvatron destroys the machine through uh, his wrestling match with Ultra mm-hmm. Magnus. They're also uncomfortably close. I guess he transferred back into robot ro- robot mode real quick, mm-hmm. and Galvatron just right. Like, little, he looks like, like he's about to do it. Give him a sweet him. whisper. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he's no, he's giving him a reach around yeah, for sure. Exactly. I mean it is it is not ambiguous to me at all. Again, this is the, the horniest episode it, I've ever seen. I didn't even realize how horny it was, you pervs. Oh, and that's just the beginning, my friends. Just you wait. Mike, I had no idea. There's there's an explosion. It's huge. And it it it's so big, it created cause for the Autobots to evacuate the comet. Oh my uh, god. The comet is flying through space towards a Uh-oh. small inhabited planet we discover. And uh the Autobots are gonna try and fire lasers at the comet in an attempt Why to divert it. Do they all look in this frame like they have a Victorian wasting disease? It's, it's weird. Like they all look so skinny and weird. The, the, the perspective's all everything's strange. The perspective, the proportions are all bizarre. Not to mention that the frame rate seems weird. <laughs> yeah. Like it just everything's just poor. so ugly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the animation is, if this was an animation <laughs> error, but you see the media or the comet through perceptor's scope before he even goes into microscope mode it's cheap everything's cheap like i don't know if they had a a time severe time crunch or what but everything's just cheap and slapped together so they're firing that what they're doing is doing nothing in, in terms of slowing down the <laughs> I don't comet. Know why they'd think that would work? And uh, that, but the Decepticons then show up and engage the Autobots. There's more magnetron wrestling in the in in space here. But all of a sudden, a terrible shrill but perhaps beautiful noise is heard emanating through the vacuum of space all around them. (laughs) The sound waves, not to be confused with sound wave. uh, And not to be confused with sound wave with no mouth. (laughs) Who who is flying with the constructor cons there. They destroy the comet and uh, also just jumble the Transformers equilibrium generally and all of the robots fall to this mysterious planet how does a sound weapon work in space i don't know because that's not possible you, you also <laughs> no it's not that i don't think it's literally impossible sound for sound still go into space no they no don't. they do not yeah you, 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 there's no sound can only work if there's air yeah the, the space is a vacuum but how is it then that maybe I'm confusing sound waves with radio broadcasting waves. waves. Radio okay, waves are right, light. Right. Well, they are through an amplifier. That doesn't matter. What do you mean? There's no sound in space. But is if they're amplifying it, are they not amplifying it through radio waves? Radio waves are light, but so you, you can't can have sound the, in space. Uh, radio waves can travel through space. But you it's can't, light. not like you can hear... The sound that the radio waves are no, unless you have a receiver in space, and then you receive you it translate within within a within an environment that has air. Yes, I can't believe right. we're talking about this right now. Could you say then that the Eurythmian's weapon 
is a broadcast weapon. Not unlike the BET, actually completely unlike the BET. But um, no, it's like, so what we hear is just a a auditory representation for the for the audience you know and and like, maybe the maybe... transformers can hear it because they have receptors hear i it. see what you're saying there like they're receiving it as a radio signal instead of an uh an... so you're saying they hear it in their they're receiving it they're receiving it forcibly yeah. and that fucks them up yeah i guess I guess. Now, I don't know how that. To your We're, earlier point, I don't know how that destroys not, the comic. We should not try. Yes, this is you're right. I'm sorry this, I even brought it I, up. But you, Ryan, you're right. If they're singing, their sound waves cannot destroy anything outside exactly. of the atmosphere, right. unless right. their atmosphere is super dense and super large. <laughs> and so, but that being said, it is a common thing for most sci-fi to just forget about two things in space. Mm-hmm. The vacuum of space and the lack of gravity. Yes. Both sure. of those things have to kind of exist for everybody to kind of get on board with what's going on. Yes. You take that away, it's really hard to make a production, actually. It's true. So <laughs> let's just go with it. It's yeah. fine. But we, speaking it's the of the least of our worries. It's true. It's true. <laughs> to close off the whole sound waves in space thing, he's right there. Soundwave's oh. there with the constructive. Okay. Oh. No, no. Boo. But, yeah, no, that, that, Boo. that wasn't worth it. But Big um, I, I could not skip the second tussle between oh, yes. uh, Ultra yep. Magnus and Wrestles Galvatron. with that gun again. Yep. So, so yeah, so it's like Galvatron says, like, make them suffer! And then proceeds to get all all hanky panky. They, ha- they, get, they get all handsy. They're real handsy. Like, real crazy. handsy. Yeah, he handles that gun a lot. He wants it. He does. <laughs> he wants it bad. Why wouldn't you? So at this point, we meet the inhabitants of the planet, which is called Eurythmia, which is a pretty cool name. It's a good name. Uh, we've got old Basso Profundo. I uh, want I'll... his outfit. <laughs> I, Honestly, I'm not surprised. Did he, he... Okay, so sorry to derail <laughs> your introduction of what we're getting ready to go into, but oh, like, no. it made me think of, remember when I dressed as a king for your um, your college uh advertisement the real world video no 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 i dressed as a king for the oh, little yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah, the springfield yeah. little yeah, theater it was, uh, it was advertising class project yeah advertising yeah. class <laughs> i dressed as a king for this video that we made <laughs> it was me out on the street uh <laughs> dressed as a king talking about the springfield little theater and then people were coming by that didn't know we were doing a video and <laughs> i was like and it shows plays for the kids and some woman who was a civilian walked by and was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was a very Tom Green influenced uh, thing where it was just like, Ryan, you're going to dress up like crazy and harass strangers on the street. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the concept. <laughs> and that's what we did. That's what we did. Um, yeah, I felt oh. like it turned out to be a good video. It was. I wish we still had it. <laughs> it was uh, the tagline was Broadway. Your, our way oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were trying to make Springfield Little, Little Theater. Theater. Like the idea was like rebrand them as like a cool, edgy theater experience. I love it. Uh, it anyway. It's Ching Ching Extreme, <laughs> right. or something like that. Um, so, so real quick before uh, Aaron, before you get into the the um, introductions of of uh, Squishies here on the planet, um, I, I want to go back to the 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 that trilling sound that we hear. 
And, you know, Ryan, you had said that you had no memory of watching this uh, mm-hmm. episode as a kid. I had like the the faintest of a sliver of a memory of this episode when I when I uh, when I saw it. And it's that specific sound that 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 trilling that ultimately explodes the comet. But it stuck with me because it reminds me of the tones that are sent from the whale probe in Star Trek four oh. voyage home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's very, very similar. And um, yeah, it's a lot of that. Ooh, ooh, a lot of that stuff. Um, but of note, and I, I actually researched this to double check because I was like, well, maybe I'm just conflating that with my memory of, of Star Trek four. Um, this episode aired on what, uh, October 14th, 1980. Yeah. Okay. Star Trek four, the voyage home didn't come out in theaters until November 26th, 1986. Mm. So this actually predates that movie by like a month and a week. Interesting. So you're saying right. you ripped it off. Well, I well. think that it was probably in post-production at that point. It's they're uh, like, quick, quick. <laughs> Did you guys see that episode of Transformers? We got to use that. that it in. was so good. You know, Nelson Shin's ACOM uses lots of reused sound, sound effects, yeah. including I, it, a bunch of Star Trek sounds. It's completely that door swing both ways. Possible that is it, it was... is it in the same sound effects library? Yeah, yeah it's completely go. possible that it's there just a straight possibly rip from a sound library. Yep. I'm going to reintroduce the inhabitants of the planet. Yep. We, of Eurythmia. Please, I, please. We've, we've I derailed got us. Basso Profundo. Mm-hmm. We have Albino Princess Zelda, aka Allegra, and She's the feather pink. the feather capped Zebop Scandana, which I, also I kept his outfit. wanting to refer to as Zaphod Beeblebrox. Yep. But yeah, you got these three kids, and one He's is an old man, but Allegra is extremely angry there is a group they're stoked that the comet is destroyed but allegra is annoyed at basso for some reason we no, don't know why no reason and like, uh um, presented and uh did i well it is presented later right she's angry and she's gonna leave the city mm-hmm. basso doesn't right. want her to leave but she's gonna leave anyway but they all sing or speak in sing-songy auto-tune harmonic oh. tones yep yeah what the fuck yep yeah what I really, really uh, got on my nerves is that you would hear them. You could clearly hear what they were saying in that yep. recitativos thing. But then, <laughs> but then they they Captain keep Sword. turning to Soundwave to or Blaster or Blaster to explain like, yeah. explain what they. It's said. so fucking annoying. Yeah. So what we're saying is like yes, the uh, the characters of this planet speak in a sing song way, which we should probably capture at some point. Yeah, I was I was actually getting us set up to do that, but I think the best time to do that is is one of those explain scenes yeah. actually because uh, I, yeah, for sure, because <laughs> um, it happens on both sides a couple right. times. Yeah, but it makes it makes no sense because yeah, I mean they're speaking whatever galactic standard or English or whatever you want to say, um, so Soundwave and Blast are going to understand them, and they keep translating to their leaders what they're saying, and it's happened so often, it's fucking annoying. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Put a pin in it. Okay. The Autobots and Decepticons are recovering on the surface of the planet. Soundwave is enamored with yeah, what buddy. he's just experienced. He's the most perfect oh, harmony yeah. he's ever heard galvatron is more interested in the sound's destructive capabilities Mm -hmm. um and and like i was alluding to earlier other than maybe 
when he nominated himself for Decepticon leader on Astro Train in the movie. Have we ever seen Soundwave get excited? this emotional? Yeah. yeah. No. So. And and I think that's not only is it intentional, but I think it's kind of rad because we've spent so much time with Soundwave, we know what he's about. And to see this turn from him being stoic and understated mm-hmm. and being a a, a uh, man of few words to see this shift i think it, it is specifically intentional and it does and and it's kind of unsettling also because like yeah you know when, when Soundwave is just being straight up horny on main mm-hmm. um he it, it's it, it is a little bit unsettling it's creepy how, yeah yeah and and i think maybe it's supposed to be that way i don't hate it yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you, Mike. And and I think I think it and and it has a similar effect on Blaster, but not as deeply. But it 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 is neat to see um, a character like Soundwave to be so outwardly um, emotional. Yeah, um, yeah, he he's just got it out there, just just openly whacking it in the in the open. He, <laughs> he doesn't even care who's watching. I don't. I mean, uh, just. just openly we're probably giving too much this episode but like what what you said made me think of like blaster appreciates it in the same way but he has like a social network to be like a quote-unquote normal person whereas soundwave is like he's never experienced this kind of thing before and that Uh it is like opened up a whole new world to him (laughs) yeah and and he kind of doesn't know what to do with it yeah which is is neat i mean again i mean this episode is awful but it, it is it's a couple things. One, I I wish that there would have been a moment between Soundwave and Blaster, like mm-hmm. some kind of like mutual acknowledgement mm-hmm. of like, I agree. it's like you getting this, yeah, man, I'm getting the you you, you know, it's like when when you uh go to a concert and you connect with a stranger, then you know that kind of thing. It's like, oh man, that that's fucking rad, you know that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say something else. Uh, I want to say gone. something about. Galvatron's forearms paused at the four minute mark here. This again, the animation's not good, but even these individual illustrative frames are just so bad. Look I at- do like Galvatron's lavender diaper also, <laughs> which incidentally, somebody on Twitter pointed out that that is the original uh, pre final coloration for Galvatron. So technically, this model is as correct as broadside's character model is so that so correct in a way you can't even understand (laughs) yes it's uh it's uh dumb enough to be smart no it's just plain dumb it's uh but but yeah no the the lavender diaper of the space diaper on galvatron is throughout this entire episode it's it's not a coloring error yeah i mean it is but it's it's a consistent coloring error i guess that's sort of correct in a way well the uh, the bots the bots do what they do which is to get back into scuffles broadside picks up and smashes galvatron perceptor has the ability to blast devastator into pieces all of a sudden magnus bonks two tiny constructicons devastator is not a threat at all to any uh, various autobots and protectobots rise from the trenches and fire upon their foes Oink. it is at this point mm-hmm. that galvatron and soundwave realize hey, we, we gotta get our hands on that sonic weapon and use it against the autobots magnus has the exact same idea uh they've got to find that weapon and help the Eurythmians battle the decepticons 
And here is where we have a fun sequence of Broadside going into jet mode and Magnus and Blaster hilariously grabbing yes. onto the back of the wings and riding him into the skies as Perceptor and Hotspot defend the front lines. Right before that, we do get to see Ultra Magnus completing his uh, Constructicon masterpiece set. Those are like MP plus sized. <laughs> but yeah, Legend, it's so Legend dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb where they grab onto to broadside's wings and fly around, and then later we'll. That's just so dumb. Don't get ahead I of hate it. it. The other thing too, it's like I. So this this is as much of a broadside uh, uh, spotlight episode as um, you're ever it, gonna get. As you're ever gonna get. It's odd, though. The last time we saw Broadside was in Thief in the Night. Ironically enough, the last episode I was on with you guys. But his his characterization is, like, totally different. He's yeah. vain and he's prickly. It's like he's like discount stun, Sunstreaker here. And I don't uh, – one, one of the things that we pointed out when we talked about uh, Thief in the Night is that the Autobot Navy consists of Broadside – and uh, Sea Spray, and that's it, because they're the only characters that are boats. But when Broadside spoke in that episode, it was all in nautical terms. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, yep. you know, you know, port and starboard and, and you know, very, very nautical sounding. All of that is gone here. Now, it, now it's just, um, you know, he's kind of like a vain brute. Like he, he picks up Galvatron. He's like, give me your lunch money uh, type of type of thing. I, I do like though that that sequence where I mean again I I'm here for Soundwave that Soundwave throws some serious wood on uh on Broadside also gives him a nice uh um uh, shoulder check here again scale being whatever it is uh, one other oh, one thing I wanted to point out about this scene as the Autobots leave Hotspot is in this scene and he says something along the lines of you know hurry back we're outnumbered two to one. And his math not so good because there are easily <laughs> yeah, twice as many Autobots as there are Decepticons. Oh, and don't worry, the Autobots come and go. Like you're never gonna get yeah. ahead of where they are and who's here. I do appreciate though that the graphics in season three are just as good as they were in the vo- in the movie. Like remember, like on the Siege of Autobot City, you see Perceptor and he has his uh, um, uh, microscope telescope mode, where you know there's all these cool graphics and it's all like you know all these cool lighting effects and stuff. You know this uh, this simple grid pattern um, when he. Uh, uh, decides to shoot Devastator. That's just as good, right? Uh, it, they're balling on a budget. Also, I was I was told that that Soundwave and Galvatron were going to hold hands as they flied away. I didn't see it. Was that, that a Ryan that, call? No, that's a joke. It happens later. Okay. All so, right. like, so like right before this this scene of Galvatron, Soundwave and Galvatron are flying away, but they're not holding hands. They hold hands late. Okay, wait for it, everybody. Galvatron and Soundwave. They, everybody's flying to go and uh, figure out the secret of the weapon. And Galvatron and Soundwave note that the Autobots are going to beat them because you'll recall the Autobots are holding on to Broadside's <laughs> wings as they fly off. And uh, so they're going to have to resort to the tactic of sneaking up and stalking the Autobots. 
The Autobots Thanks, meet, cool. uh, or you've got Blaster Magnus and Broadside. They're flying over the Eurythmian landscape here. It's a cityscape, rather. Uh, Blaster marvels at how the entire city is built upon musically <sighs> harmonious principles. These harmonies are guiding the Autobots to the planet's leadership. But Blaster has the feeling that the negotiation is not going to be easy. We see at this point the Autobots meet with but first of all, his name is Basso Profundo. It really should have been Baso. Uh, no, the... Basso is a term. Yeah. All right, maybe it should have been Basso then. Maybe they were right and I'm wrong. He's the leader. Well, I thought he was the leader. I can't tell if he's the leader or not of Eurythmia. That's the he's just an old man. I think. Uh, I think and maybe, maybe we make that assumption because he's, because a big he's an fat old man. Guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's not about to get involved in this Autobot Decepticon war thing. And if the Decepticons pose a threat... Why, their harmonic weapon will keep them safe. Magnus low-key threatens to take his denying of a potential alliance public, saying, like, you know, I don't know how the public's going to feel about this, but uh, Basso is like, if my people don't like it, they can leave, like Allegra did. <laughs> He's clearly hung up on that whole situation. And like that bitch, Carol Baskin. <laughs> it, it, it is a non sequitur, though. Like you're meeting with these strangers, and then you just bring up this Allegra person out of the blue. Soundwave and Galvatron are spying harder than Leslie Nielsen. Allegra wow. appears uh, by their by their uh, oh, wow. spying abilities to hold the secret of the planet's harmonic weapon, and they've got to beat the Autobots to Allegra. But so how? Blaster talks about. <sighs> How their civilization is based on harmony and beauty many, many times. But every time he does it, we see shots of their world, and it looks like someone glued random garbage together. Like, if this architecture was based on music, I feel like it would sound like, I don't know, a tuba filled with vomit falling down the <laughs> stairs. Like, it looks like shit. I do like that it's Blaster's turn to be horny on Maine. Yes. Because, you know, it's like uh, he was, he's talking to Magnus. He's like, you know, that was like a, a musical bliss, a harmonic kiss. And, you know, Ultra Magnus, the most asexual character in all of Transformers, he's like, whatever. <laughs> whatever, yeah. I thought I would... Uh use this opportunity to record this interaction with Blaster and them. So that's why you should help us fight the Decepticons. This is your war, not ours. Bad news, Mag. He doesn't want to help us. He says their harmonies can keep the Decepticons at bay. Is he certain all of his people would feel that way? Anyone who doesn't can leave, just like Allegra. Basso here says anybody who disagrees with him can do the big hike. Like somebody named Allegra? Then. <laughs> so, I, my note on this is that Magnus can't understand the Eurythmian language, but he can understand Blaster's DJ he can jivey talk. He jive, like from <laughs> airplanes. So, yeah, exactly. So, like, Blaster's version of what is going on is, like, even more metaphorically yeah. goofy than yeah. what they but just I'll, heard. Excuse <laughs> me, I speak jive. Yeah. <laughs> Barbara Billingsley in the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, as we'll see, I mean, we haven't gotten, <sighs> getting ahead of it, but Galvatron seems to understand and then not understand what Allegra says. Yes. Right, it, it, it goes in and out. out. Now, I, I would say in a world where we have not seen that scene yet, this could be just an example of Ultra Magnus just being a dummy. 
you know, because he, he often doesn't understand what Perceptor is saying. You know, he, he's very like cut to the quick. Even though we all understand just, it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, Trent, he's, Magnus is, is uh, the, the, the guy they'll say, give me the TLDR, you know, and, and he's, um, I don't know. It, he needs to take action. Exactly. He's, he's and it's just words. like, give me the bare essentials. He's actually probably the most soldier-like in this episode than we've seen him for a while. You know, it goes back to the movie. I, I'm just a soldier, Prime. I'm not worthy. But um, he, he's very take-charge-no-nonsense here. Galvatron and Soundwave were spying on that, as I had said earlier. And, oh, man, why did I do this? Oh. We have Broadster Magnus, as we will now refer to the Autobot trio of Blaster and Ultra Magnus and Broadside. They're on the hunt for Allegra, and before they can devise a plan to hunt her down, Soundwave and Galvatron attack, mm. collapsing a Eurythmic bridge on top of them. And that mm. is where we go to commercial. <laughs> hey, breaking news. What? Manscaped is now selling a beard products. We have the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Go to manscaped.com, use our code APDC, get 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. Nobody likes a weird beard. Say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped Pro Beard Kit. I, I do not have a beard, but I liked everything that came with it. But in particular, I didn't have a really good set of like scissors to trim facial hair, my nose hair, or whatever. And this comes with a, a great beard brush, comb, and then these scissors that I really particularly in barber esque. I, I want to talk about my manscaped experience. Please. First of all, I used the promo code APDC and got myself the package that included the lawnmower trimmer. I start my day off with a with a little bit of that that crop preserver. And everything you guys said is true. I, I love the trimmer I got from Manscaped. It's, it's got a great ergonomic feel. I love that it's got a light on it and that it's waterproof. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so I, I, I'm definitely interested in, in checking out the Beard Hedger because I play guard roulette with my trimmer. Like, it's like, mm -hmm. which one do I want? So yep. having that, that control with the wheel sounds very appealing to me. And I might use the promo code APDC again awesome. to, uh, uh, to buy stuff from Manscaped. Cause yeah, I, I, I love their products. They're, they're, they are they're great. Really very cool. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code APDC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code APDC manscaped beard hedger. One stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. Uh, we are back from break. I don't know why I yelled. Go. Gal Galvatron goes into cannon mode, takes a shot at the bridge debris. So you'll recall that uh, uh, they've blown up a bridge, a bunch of rocks and shit are yep. on top of the Autobots, and, and Galvatron and Soundwave are like, let's make sure they're dead. So he goes cannon mode, incinerates the area. It's just a pile of ash now. And that uh, is, they find it satisfying. So it's time to go find Allegra. We have Bosso and his crew, including the feathered hat wearing Zebop Scandana. They're expressing discord. Uh, I, I, also, I also love how they keep using his full name, Zebop Scandana. Yeah, it's weird. Zebop. Uh, I first heard, I was like, I. I, it feels like I heard it in two or three different ways throughout the whole episode. Yeah. They couldn't even get the they they could not get the name right. Zebop like, Scoobabadop. It sounds like Zebob Zebop 
it's like they why yeah zebop and rocksteady what <laughs> that would be better oh that could honestly they could have used that they're expressing they being the uh the the people of this planet what's this fucking planet the ethereans from from etheria or some shit like that uh the eternians are expressing discord arrhythmians my (laughs) god no the ethereans are something else entirely the eurythmics the urethras Um, which i'm i'm sure i'm sure was part of the inspiration for that name because i mean this is 1986 yeah i would say you're probably right they they're sad that these people are dead. They weren't necessarily aligned to them, but you know, they, they're maybe mad about the bridge as well. But Zebop and Basso coralize a melody that that raises the Autobots from their ashen graves. And uh, you know, maybe we should go get Prime's body and bring it here while we're at it. This was a part of the harmony that blew the Autobots out of space. On top of everything else, Zebop has offered his services to help the Autobots find Allegra. Broadside is a big gap in the third party It'd be toy badass. market. I'm just well, trying to decide how they would do it. Would they make him giant? Would they make him like small? Unicron Which model? Yeah. I would insist. What model There's are they no going to use? There's no way they would make him unicron size because it's not that popular a character. No, but I think yeah. they would need to make him relatively large. It's an aircraft. Carrier. I mean, is it, would he be Ultra Magnus sized? I would think so. I think mm-hmm. that would be a uh, comfortable. Do you uh, scale for that? Uh, but speaking of broad- a market for that, though, no, God, uh, no, fuck no. Well, no, you got to. Uh, okay. There is a market for they it. Would need People to, want to fill gaps. I would think you would want to make it big enough that you could land the jets on him, like, like, uh, well, you could land power power glide on them. Yeah, like whatever third part, whatever other characters. So there is. Yeah, I, it, it is funny it, you say that because in the Titans Return line of the mainline Transformers. They did come up with a broadside. Who he was a headmaster, and it's based on the other animation model that we'll probably eventually see in the series. Yeah. But when he turned into aircraft carrier mode, it came, he came with extra little aerial bot parts. There you go. That oh, you could okay. peg there into him, which was yeah. a nice yeah. touch. I yeah, think. absolutely. Also, uh, Toy Hacks made a sticker set uh, for Titans Return broadside where you could do them up like the USS flag from G.I. Yeah. Joe. That's cool. I like that. There is a market for it, I should say. It's not as big. I mean, it's one of the lowest markets. Between Broadside and Sandstorm, those are the biggest gaps. There is a third-party Sandstorm. It's not very good. Unique Toys made it. I think (laughs) you talked about this a lot. I think it's something that uh, would, you know, just don't make too many of them, I guess, would be my recommendation. But do a two-thirds production run. But while we're talking about Broadside, Mm -hmm. I mean, again, he he is just an asshole here you know look look at the dents on me i'll be in the body shop for a week and it's just like where where does this level of vanity come from thank you it's like they invented a whole new tech spec for it <laughs> yeah well and famously we we haven't mentioned this at all yet in this episode but on broadside's tech spec remember he is both afraid of flying and also afraid of the walk. Yeah, he gets airsick and seasick, which <laughs> is like what kind of what psychopath mean? wrote that bio? Well, that, that's a Bob Budiansky, my friend. That doesn't make any sense. We go to Allegra. Mm-hmm. She is composing some kind of symphonic treat. And this is Mike where we get the Friday the 13th bit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, Ryan, do you want to take this, or you you want me to take lead no. on it? No. Oh, you you go. 
you 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 go i mean because i've been you going this whole time unfortunately Uh, it's a goddamn mike seibert takeover Mm -hmm. but yeah so like um so allegra is in her retreat Mm -hmm. and in front of like some kind of like sophisticated uh synthesizer machinery of some kind and she's just doing like this this weird dance Mm -hmm. now if i remember correctly uh in this particular scene there isn't any music. Oh shit. We haven't talked about the music yet. Uh, I'll come back to that in a quick sec, but, um, but no, so this, this scene is weirdly silent for as musical as this episode is. It's just the, this lady just waving her arms, doing the, doing this weirdo dance. Maybe she's wearing her Apple AirPods. (laughs) Could be. Um, It instantly reminded me of one of the uh, more notorious scenes in the Friday the 13th series Uh, in uh, Friday the 13th, part five, colon, a new beginning. There's a there's a character named Violet who uh, 25 years before uh, Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy, her defining trait was running around in headphones all the time. Mm -hmm. And and there's this scene where she's in her room by herself and there's this um, uh, heavy synth tune called uh, "His Eyes" by a band called Pseudo Echo. Yes, and and it and it's it is very synthy. It is it is very Depeche Mode flavored. It's like bam 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 bam. bam. Dun, I mean, dun, dun, dun. It, it, yeah, it's a fucking banger. But it anyways, is great. So, it, it and it's and it's and it's definitely an earworm for sure. But there's this scene where she's just like doing like this weird robot dance. It's where it's, like, it's a very what I would describe it as. Violet does this weird soft pop lock. Yes, dance. yes. Oh my god, you're right. And uh, um, hey, hey Ryan, chat about that for a quick sec. I'm actually just gonna find the video here and put it in the chat so we yeah, can watch it. So that that, that is, I, I meant to and I forgot. <laughs> that is the thing Mike tagged me on on Twitter. It's like this is immediately what I thought of, and it is Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, where Violet is in her room doing to his eyes was just bam, bam there's a man with no life in his eyes and she's doing this soft pop lock thing that is really fun like it's so good and mike and i have talked about doing a friday the 13th um uh generally like just podcast hour. for a while and, and we need to do that because friday the 13th as i have said is my favorite uh, horror franchise and yeah yeah so yeah that's and he said that is like yeah, you're so right. This is exactly what it reminded me of. Even like some of her hand gestures are very similar uh, between what Allegra is doing and what um, what Violet is doing. But basically, so so in Friday the 13th, she she's she's lost in the music, and it's like pam 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 pam, and mm-hmm. and and not Jason uh, ends up uh, uh, killing her off. Um, and and I kind of got weird vibes from um uh from this scene as well because galvatron and soundwave just basically like roll up on her and it takes her a sec like they they could totally jason this uh this uh this poor girl um so i hit play on the music yeah i was i was gonna say aaron it looks like you got it up if you want to scroll it back just uh um just a just a titch there there you go um and then we can enjoy It's a cool song. Oh no! Alright. <laughs> you, you get the idea. Yeah, it's, it's almost okay. over. <laughs> Poor Violet. Oh, 
cool also, song. Yeah, no, it's it it is a stone banger. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. anytime I even come close to it, it it gets uh stuck in my head. But it, it is literally the first thing I thought of <laughs> with uh with this scene with Allegra here. So we've got Allegra doing her compositions, doing her pop locking. Soundwave and Galvatron show up, and you know what? I should probably capture a little bit of this audio as well, since it calls back to our previous conversation. Very impressive. Get out! Don't be hasty, Allegra. <laughs> All we ask is the secret of the harmony that destroyed the comet, and in return, we will help you overthrow Basso Profundo's archaic rule. Why should you submit to that old fool's will? We are the future. As our ally, you can have the power. Very well. Stand by to receive the harmony. She uh, gives in very easily. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And there's no, I mean, we've only seen her in one other scene. There's no indication that power is something she cares about. No, her character almost cares about nothing and means nothing except that she's <laughs> mad that whenever they they are mad they're mean to her z bob well no i thought they were ma- like well we'll find out why she's mad a little bit later kind but, of but also not really yeah, like it's, like it's all, pretty all three of these yeah all these characters are, are very uh poorly defined oh as, yes uh, as 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 you know as their rivalries and and whatever but i i do want to introduce something here this is the the first episode that that well i don't remember if it's production order or air order but this is the first episode after web world right so basically yeah galvatron is fresh from his uh stint at Mm -hmm. at therapy planet and you guys had talked about in your previous episode that it would be um it would be cool if galvatron is suddenly uh, cured of his madness mm-hmm. um, and obviously we know that that's not the case as, as the as the series goes on but I would say in this episode in particular he's chilled out a little bit he's pretty chill yeah. and in the most ungalvatron type of thing he instead of sheer rage and force of will he charms this girl mm-hmm. he you makes know, the case it, he makes a case instead of just like, ah, give me the thing. But she also <laughs> ha- she also has something he needs, so he can't just kill her or threaten her. I guess because he could go the other way and be like, give me what I want they or keep- I'll kill you. But he knows that that's not. I think maybe they know he knows deep down that humanoid esque psychology is you have to you catch flies with honey. They keep calling it capturing a harmony, but. Yeah, but yeah, isn't a harmony? It you can't capture a one part like because is correct me if I'm wrong. People who know about music, if but, only there was a musician with us. I know, but he's, uh, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> preparing for a passive aggressive attack. Yeah. Are you are you asleep again? Did Caleb fall asleep again? Actually, no, we're I'm past here. his. We are past his. I'm here recording time. No, I was, I was, I was commenting on a twitter post of yours so harmony has to be at least two people right like or two sources of music that come together harmony harmony is so you've got a melody which is a a single line of notes sung Mm. together harmony is an additional line of music sung 
in So it doesn't have relation. to be a voice. It just has to be music. It has to be two things. Music. You can play harmony with guitar. Okay. It's got to be two notes. Okay. Like I can so play, technically, I, the way there's, that she's singing could be a harmony because there are more than one... There's more than one note that she's singing because of her because of the vocal effects involved. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, but but that's not. If really... in reality, if it's just her singing, that's not a harmony. Correct. It cannot be. Right. You have to have two sources of sound. You have to. If she somehow could sing those two sounds at once, then right. she'd be. It would be harmonizing it could with herself. Be, so be, technically, since she's an alien, effect. she could be singing a harmony. Could be producing a harmonic effect. Again, that is being charitable, probably. But it does. It is a weird sound. So maybe it is harmonic. Can, do, can you can you capture her harmony real quick? I want to capture all three of the harmonies. like sound wave. Yes. <laughs> so we can destroy. Oh a man. Oh yeah! I are you getting this? I am. I I did. Oh yeah! I I love it. I mean, he uh, again. Soundwave just uh just letting it. He's he's just straight up edging. Just just right there. In fr- just right there in front of everybody. Just horny on main. I love I the love idea it. of sonic edging. <laughs> All right. And and while we're kind of held on on this moment here. Uh, uh, two things, kind of a rose and a thorn. One, the shading fucking rules in this whole sequence. Like how both. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, it it's really good at a time where there isn't a lot to hang on to here. Um, seeing that that really <laughs> cool shading is uh is kind of nice. But it's also interesting when you see Galvatron and Soundwave uh sharing the space together in this scene it kind of underscores how weird it is seeing the 1986 cast like Galvatron mixed with the 1984 guys. Soundwave and Galvatron just do not go together. Just I uh, agree. It it is. It's weirdly jarring. I agree. Yeah. Like that is a thing. Uh, It is nice that Soundwave survived the war, but yeah, it is weird to see Eh, I guess the Unicron guys, the purple guys, um, mm-hmm. next to the G1 Decepticons, like you said, they don't gel really. Yeah, doesn't even match. And that that will uh, I I will bring that back around when I when I share with you my uh, my theory about uh, about this episode when uh, when we get towards the end. Yes. I'm uh, getting I'm getting ready to move right now. Okay, you gotta go. I got to go. Okay. Caleb's got to go. Yep. Bye-bye, everybody. It was nice seeing you. I'll see you guys later. It was great seeing you, Caleb. Bye, Mike. got to go do family stuff. Things happening. Yeah. Thank you for bringing the table, Caleb. We will talk more. You're welcome. We'll, t- we'll, uh, we'll talk more about things. Okay. With, with the LLC. That's vague. APDC that LLC. mildly threatening. We'll talk you more down about with LLC? things. And we'll yeah, talk more about me. the things. You don't have to worry yeah, about it. Yeah. Uh, spaghetti. <laughs> Hello, friends. Ryan here. Caleb had to go, and this is where we have to go, too. I know, it's sad. I'm sure it comes as no surprise to y'all that we were so loquacious in this episode, we had to break it into two parts. Well, that and a good fucking tip-off was probably that this is called part one. 
So fear not, though, listener. You don't have to wait the usual two weeks for a new episode. You can tune in next week, and we will drop part two, the conclusion of Carnage in C Minor. We'll also have an upcoming Patreon-exclusive mini-sode with Mr. Cybert coming out later this month. Speaking of which, if you like what we do and would like to prove it monetarily, go to patreon.com slash apoddecast. We have many different levels of support, and this year's Booty Box rewards are underproduction. Plus, all of our patrons are invited to get together with us and each other on the Discord. Hey, if long-term commitment isn't your bailiwick, you can check out our wares at autopoddecepticast.com slash store. You can also buy us a drink by sending us $5 on PayPal to at apoddecast. Let me know what you want me to make, and I will feature that cocktail in an upcoming episode. If you'd like to engage, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of them at apoddecast. Finally, we have the web presence, autopoddecepticast.com, where we put up a bunch of fun ancillary material on every episode page. I think uh, I think that's all she wrote, friends. So until next time, pistols at dawn. Bye, bye, bye. is the sponsor of Autopod Decepticast. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs>